Hey everyone, Brandon here. Before we start this reflection, I wanted to begin by saying thank you. Thank you for listening to The Well. And really, thanks for all the supportive emails, the reviews on your podcast apps, or what you've written in the YouTube comment sections. Really, they mean a lot to me, and a lot to our team. In case you recently joined us, we started this project about 10 months ago, about a month into the pandemic. At that time, I think we were all feeling some levels of anxiety, of dis-ease, and some pain about all the changes we were experiencing. I know I was. A couple weeks in, I found that taking a few minutes out of my day to just be with him in quiet listening was just so refreshing and reorienting to me. And out of that, God put it on my heart to somehow share that experience with others. Now, to be honest, we didn't have any big goals for this project. We just wanted to create a space for people to meet with their shepherd and savior. But as God does with simple offerings, he's been using it. Believe it or not, as this episode is being released, we've just had 100,000 engagements. That's 100,000 sacred moments. Moments of pause. Moments in his presence. And that's amazing. I'm so incredibly glad that God is using this to bring hope and healing during this time. And so much of that is thanks to you. Thanks for spreading the word by sharing these reflections with friends on social media. Thanks for the ratings on podcast apps that enable other people to find it. Thanks for the comments of encouragement or the questions along the way. Now, one more thing before we move into the reflection. We've gotten some questions, and I just want to make it clear. More episodes are coming. We will continue to craft these reflections as long as God gives us something to share. In the meantime, jump back to a previous one. We've built each of these reflections to be able to be returned to, no matter the date or the season. They're really not time-specific. So my suggestion before that next interview, or in that quiet pause in the evening, or on your drive, or when you're feeling anxiety taking over, whatever the setting, scroll through to find a title, a theme, or a passage that jumps out to you. Hit play and just enter in. Now thanks again for all your support on this project. I really do love hearing from you, and I'm deeply honored to walk through this journey with you. And with that, let's jump in. Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Colossians 3, 1 through 2. Hello and welcome to The Well, a spiritual growth podcast from Saddleback Church. I'm excited to journey with you into words of truth. To start, find a quiet place. Get away from the noise and the busy. Take a deep breath and get settled. If you need more time at any point, feel free to hit pause along the way. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Colossians 3.2 What does it mean to you to set your mind on things above? I don't know if you've ever been rock climbing before, whether sport climbing, bouldering, or even that backyard tree when you were a kid.
but I hope you've experienced the feeling. It is a mixture of adventure and dread. It is one of the few sports that can turn very quickly from a fun time with friends into a wow, I hope I don't die situation. Now in this moment, imagine the palm of your hand laid on cool, slick granite. Your fingers bent and holding to stone, the tips of your toes pressed into a crag. There you are on a looming cliff, forearms tired, feeling the warmth of the sun on your back and the cool of the rock on your hands. You hear nothing. It's silence. Besides the momentary breeze or the bird song in the distance. Now with your hands grasped on the rock, imagine craning your neck downward, your forehead against the rock, looking directly down the rock face to the valley below. You can just make out the shirt colors of the people at the base. The ground seems much further and much closer at the same time. You see a bird dart along the rock face between you and the rocks below. What do you feel in this moment? Dread? Worry? Fear? Anyone else have sweaty palms? Take stock of this feeling. Now, imagine turning your head upward, your chin against the rock, looking up to the climb above you. Right there, stretched out in front of you, is the expanse of a blue sky, dotted with white wispy clouds unraveling their arms as they disperse in the sun. Right above you is a good handhold, and just a few more meters before the cliff levels off at the summit. What do you feel as you look up? Excitement? Accomplishment? Hope? This is at the heart of this passage. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. An experienced climber will tell you that if you set out to climb with the simple motive of not falling, of avoiding the things below, you'll never begin the climb much less make progress up the cliff. If you're in the middle of a climb, and your mind suddenly is taken over by the things below, the fear of failure, the fear of a fall, you will tense up and your progress will slow down. Instead, if what motivates you is the summit, the enjoyment of the climb, the beauty of the experience, the opportunity to overcome a challenge, then you'll do much better. You'll move up the rock face with greater confidence, speed, and determination, focused on the goal. So which way are you focused at this moment? Are you looking downward, fearing a fall, held frozen by the rocks below? If so, you'll likely be wrapped up in the ways of fear, lies, worry, anxiousness, self-focus, envy, busyness, strife, rage? Or are your eyes fixed upward where Christ is, hoping for better, pulled forward by the summit ahead? If so, you'll likely be wrapped up in the ways of resurrection life, freedom, hope, determination, calm, 
focus, strength, and renewal. Quiet the voices, the fears, the anxious thoughts that come from below. Take a moment now and listen for the voice of your father calling you forward, calling you upward. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Colossians 3, 1-2 What are the things above, and how do we set our mind on them? We know the things that are beneath us. We've come from there. We know what happens when, like children, we make ourselves the center of the story. We know what earthly things are about. When we seek to satisfy our own desires, unhindered by the cost to ourselves or others. When we let our rage run without check. When we protect our own comfort as the highest aim, no matter the lies, slander, or blaming we pour out to stay there. We know the things that are beneath us because we've come from there. Yet we may not know what lies ahead. In religious settings, it's easy to slide into a reality where all of our time is spent talking about how bad, bad things are, how to avoid them, and the risks associated with giving in to them. Now, while naming these things as wise, it's easy to become so focused on the ground that we forget to look up to what we're called to. We can come to think that avoiding the bad is all there is. Paul writes these words to the church in Colossae, a city saturated in self-seeking behavior and culture. Instead of harping on shouldn't, on shouting out how important it is not to fall, he lifts up our eyes. Put on the new self, he exclaims. Be renewed. Be raised with the one who lifted humanity to the right hand of the Father. Fix your eyes on the climb. So what are these things above? What is at the summit? What is so beautiful and sweet that I should continue climbing? Could something up there be so rich and fulfilling that the motive to reach it would drown out the fear of falling? To be clear, Paul is not talking specifically about heaven here. He isn't speaking about that place you go after you die, though that's part of it. He is painting a picture of what it is to live the resurrection life, united with your Father. This life is lived where you are now, with your same job, house, car, neighborhood, but towards a different end purpose. The goal is no longer not falling, but rising. It is not the absence of conflict, but the presence of justice. Throughout chapter 3, Paul lays out what this resurrection life is about. Holy and dearly loved, being clothed with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, where we bear the burdens of each other and walk in forgiveness, where there is no Gentile or Jew 
no slave nor free, no tribalism, but the tribe of Christ, multicolored, multi-ethnic, multi-generational, multi-languaged, where Christ is all and is in all. This is a community, a family, where we are bettered by each other, not in angry correction, but through songs, rhymes, singing, and teaching. This is life to the full, vibrant, drenched in shalom, and all bound together in love. Can you imagine this reality? This is the life that is placed before us, placed before you, the calling placed on us as God's people. So put away your fears for a moment. Turn your gaze upward toward the summit. Ask God to open your eyes wider to imagine for just a moment what God yearns for, for your life. Ask him to pull back the curtain to show you just a glimpse of what you would look like fully alive, fully allegiant to his life and mission. And then listen, set your mind on these things above. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Colossians 3, 1-2 I hope those last moments were deeply refreshing for you. I pray your loving Father gave you a glimpse of what he wants for your life, a preview that will motivate you to grab that next handhold and continue to climb, to rely on his spirit to continue the work ahead. Now, while the motivation to move onward and upward is stronger and longer lasting than the fear of falling, there's still that nagging question. What happens if I fall? What happens when I fall? Climbers know that there are only two ways that you can fall, if the rock breaks or if you let go. Now I hope you know that this rock will never break. That any step you take, any handhold you grab, God will be in that. Often we think we need to carry our spiritual growth. We need to remember that God is carrying us as far as we will let him go. So you do not need to worry about the rock breaking. But maybe you're just so tired your hands give out. You feel like you need to let go, to stop trying, to stop the hard work of handing your real self over to God who is shaping you. So what happens? What happens if we let go? Do we plummet to the ground? Well, in sport climbing, a fall is not even a bad thing. 
With strong anchors in the wall and a belay holding your rope, a fall is only a momentary setback on your journey, certainly not the end of your climb. But there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ. When you fall, your fall is only as far as your last anchor point. These anchor points, titanium hooks driven deep into the rock face, they hold your rope and they keep you from falling any further. So what anchor points can you connect to as you climb? Well, Paul explains in chapter 3 that a resurrection life is surrounded by a loving community. A community of vulnerability, where forgiveness and grace is the norm, and where there is a felt responsibility to teach and admonish one another, literally to set each other's minds towards wisdom. If you are in honest relationship with other Jesus followers, you have anchor points. Rely on them if you're falling. In verse 15, Paul says, And be thankful. Thankfulness is an anchor point. If you notice your gaze turned downward, the fear of falling growing in you, or you can't see the summit, turn to gratitude. Gratitude literally changes our physiology. It rewires our neurological pathways. It is an essential anchor point to renewing our thinking. The final anchor point? Peace. The peace of Christ that is meant to rule in our hearts. When you find your mind turning again to earthly things, the tendencies of self that create storms of greed, rage, envy, lust, strife, Remember that God is at work making things right in you. Rest. Rest in the one who says, Peace, be still. And if you feel like you are in a free fall, stop everything. Go to a quiet place and spend time with the one who loves you. Feel the peace of his embrace. He will not let you go. Vulnerable community. A habit of thankfulness and the peace of his presence. Take one more moment and reflect on these three things. What anchor points are already firmly planted in the wall that will help you climb? Which ones do you need to establish? Talk to God about these things and ask for his help. Father, who may ascend into the mountain of the Lord, and who may stand in your holy presence? What a gift that you have welcomed me up into life and life abundant. O God, help me to set my mind on things above, and open my eyes to the wonders you have available to us. When my thoughts are caught sunken in the muddy clay, Set my feet upon the rock, and may I be drawn ever onward and upward as I glimpse more and more of your goodness and love through the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.